This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. So welcome friends to this week's Freedom Fighter podcast. I have got a very special guest this week, uh, still on our series of transformation. And uh, this is going to be a really bless you, the day of this story. Um, and it's really his first time uh, offering this, uh, you know, uh, a, a bit of revelation of, you know, what's happened to him. So, Gordon Isaac Lama, how are you this morning, sir? <laughs> Gordon Isaac Lama. I, I, I would go for Isaac, but brother Derek. <laughs> hey, I'm fine, Derek. I'm fine. Good to doing, see you. Doing good. Yeah, looking forward to hearing your story. Mm. So, uh, so, so I'm just going to open up in prayer, guys, and uh, let's get into faith. Uh, I pray, thank you, thanking God that you told us that these podcasts will be like atomic bombs in the work of the enemy in people's lives. So, God, we bless you for that. We come this morning, I pray that what Isaac shares, people who knew him in the past, they hear his story, they hear how he's been transformed and how he's been changed, hope will enter, that we get to share these great things that if it happened for him, it can happen for others. So we just pray for eyes to see, I pray that people will have ears to hear, they'll have a heart that receives what's been said, God, and it will produce good fruit in people's lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, a wee bit about yourself, because uh, we knew you as Jordy. <laughs> so tell us a wee bit about Jordy. A wee bit about Jordy. Well, Jordy was brought up, he'd, he was in a big family, brought up in a big family. Four big brothers. Yeah. Who we all done the boxing. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And then a wee sister came. Uh, through that, there was... Some good times and bad times as there is in every family. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, through through my early life, Derek uh, had loads of bother with reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say dyslexic, mm-hmm. the, the, the class that has. Mm-hmm. But you didn't know that then, did they? No. Right. No, not the years. Mm-hmm. Well, there was in the secondary school, I would say, Derek. Mm-hmm. Do you know? It was hard, it was hard, it was discouraging, do you know? And so, so tell us a wee bit about the learning disorder. When you were in primary school, and, and that was hard, that was, you were experiencing the difficulties you had in reading and writing. How how was that impacting you, and how was that impacting your relationship with your parents and their expectations on you? Ah, it was, it was hard at times, Derek, because uh, folk... It's hard, it's hard for people to understand what you're going through, mm-hmm. if they've not went through it, do you know, and I think that's the case with loads of things, do you know, and I think as much as they want, your parents want to help you, do you know, but other things happen and, I mean, anger comes in at times through frustration and and then things go on, do you know, and, well, that's, I think that's where it got to in life, do you know. Mm-hmm. My early days, do you know? So you know the messages uh, that was coming across to you was you were you were a bit stupid. You were you were there was something you couldn't learn. So there was a lot of impatience. Aye, and that was you were starting to internalise that. Mm-hmm. 
So tell us about what you you know you you went into the boxing news, which you were all boxers. Aye. And what was some of the thoughts about running about the hopes you had? I that. Well, I had hopes of when I was young boy to be a professional boxer because my brother ended up a professional boxer, do you know, and uh, I would say that that was my one hope that I had and then uh, it got taken away from me, do you know, when I was about 11 or 12, felt the medical, felt the boxing medical in my eyesight, so couldn't box. And that was me, that was, eh, uh, come into discouragement at that time, eh, uh, no hope at all. No hope for life. That's the way I felt. And Just no hope for life. And that was because, as well, that you couldn't read or write. You were placing mm. all your hopes on Aye. the boxing. Aye, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And, and I, I would say for there, Derek, uh, we got into, into drugs at 12, about 12 year old. Mm-hmm. Drugs and drink. Mm-hmm. And it just escalated for there. Mm-hmm. To, oh, Things you don't want, don't want to face up to it was total evilness, you know, mm-hmm. total evilness mm-hmm. to to friends and to family and to, to you're hunting people all around about you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether it's your friends, your family, or people you don't even you you, you don't even know. Do you know? Mm-hmm. So, ah, it's it's a hurt, hurtful life. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And tell tell us a bit about you know. I, I, you told me that one of the boys, Conan boys, Chib, said to you about, you know, you're going to give your testimony one night, and he says, hey, Gordon, you'll need half the tune, uh, half a co-winning tune there, because you, you were that mad with it, you were that out of your head, mm-hmm. you'll not remember. Right. But how, how, so tell us a wee bit about that, because it's important that people need to know, mm-hmm. you know, where you were. So that when you talk about drugs, what did that lead to? The heart getting more and more hopeless, and more and more uh, reckless, more and more hard? Aye, to- total hopeless, but I would say when you're, when you're in the place, after taking the things, you, you, you're oblivious to what you're doing. I was oblivious to what I was doing. I was getting dealt from my pals what I was doing. As, as, as Scott said, Chub, as Scott said, eh, about when are you going to tell your testimony and you'll need half, half the tune me because you were always out your, your mind. And, and I, I didn't realise at that time that what he said was the truth. Do you know, and it hurt me that day when he said that, I thought, I don't care half the things I've done because I've been that out of my mind with jellies and, and drink at the same time, or Valium, and, and that's the way I go, and, and I think back to one of the times, even my pals in my earlier days when I was about 17, and I can remember one weekend that I'd been up and got all the jellies for everybody, come back down to the community centre, and they're like that, oh, feels yours, and... I'd taken them again, no realising when I got there that I'd then left, <laughs> that I'd taken them all. And then so I can remember somebody, I don't know who it was, and somebody says, look at his eyes, he's going to go, let's go. Because it was at that that place that you lost all self-control, and, but they they could see it. And they tell, they tell me things I'd done the next day, and could, I couldn't believe it, you know, but it's just... Because you don't care what you're doing at the time, do you know? You're total under the influence of the drugs and whatever else, do you know? So, ah, it's and sad. There was, there was the, you know, the crazed, uh, you know, uh, kind of 
stuff that was coming on you, uh, you know, the state you were going into. What, what about uh, the violence? Because that was increasing as well with the more and more drugs, the more and more violent. Aye. Aye, I, I would say it does as well. Way drugs, you get more and more violent. But I would say through, through being hurt as a younger boy too, whether it's through fame or that, the folk, the way you talk to you, are getting called certain things. Can you get a bitterness in you, in your heart, and your heart gets hard, and you, you just want to be evil, do you know? It's, it's you want to, you just want to get the folk back for what they're doing to you, do you know? And that's, I think that's the case of what happens in the world, do you know what I mean? When you don't know God, do you know what I mean? So, you end up a really evil, evil guy that you, you don't want to be, do you know? Your heart goes bad. Aye. And, you know, sounds like, just hearing that there, you know, that you're, uh, you're blocking it. So you're carrying all this pain from the labels, the judgments, the words said in anger are you, uh, and you're carrying this pain, and you're blocking it out and then exploding Aye. when you're out of your head with the drugs, you know? Aye, um, definitely. So, where, where for then then? What, what happened? I mean, you had a wee boy, what age were you? When Liam, came, when Liam came out, how long? 27. 27? Oh, roughly about 27. 27. So, and you, you were still in this lifestyle of taking drugs, um, not, nothing really working for you? No. No. Relationships? Well, and with that, Derek, I would say, at that time when he was born, through the drugs and through... Uh, something that happened in my work, you know, through my hands getting damaged, you know, with vibrational damage that I was on other pills, you know, I ended up getting on dehydrocodeine. Mm-hmm. So things are even worse there again because my mind totally away all the time because you're taking them all day, every day, and nah, your mind's just away, you know. And through that, I fell out with his mother. All the things that harmed through the drinking the drugs in that relationship, pandemonium, do you know, and eh, sad, mm. sad that you hurt people that you love, do you know what I mean, but you have got to apologise, and I have apologised to many people, but still to apologise to some more, do you know, as I will, eh, but, aye, it's, it's a hard life when you've been brought up that way, no known, no knowing the truth, you know, no knowing there's, there is a God, mm. you know, and no realising that, eh, you don't need to be in that kind of hurt, hurt that people's hurt at you, you know, and broke your hair. And so, so tell us the story of, of, of how you got to the point of, it was just breaking point. Tell, tell us how you, how you eventually were going, kind of going like this. Eh, breaking point. I think it's the things that you do, Derek, when you come to your senses and the likes of sometimes, as everybody will, will can understand through nights of drinking that when they've been out and they've done things wrong and they maybe wake up the back day and they've got a guilty conscience, you know, and I, I think it's like that, it's like, I think God shines a light on things at times, you know, and you get up, you get, you get up the next day and you think, what did I do? And that's half the times I was like that. What did I do? But most of the times I woke up, I didn't care what I'd done. Mm-hmm. Do you know, because it was that mad weight. But other times, you're not so mad weight and you, and you can some of the things you've done, do you know. And it, 
And it's the things that God points out to you that that's not the person you should be, son. Do you know what I mean? So, and with that, it was like coming to your senses at times. And I would say even when I, when I wasn't a Christian, there was times I seen myself doing praying, do you know, and praying, God, I don't want to be this person, do you know? And there was no background for you of faith at all? No, no. And yet, you, you were brought to the point that, you know, and I know you also mentioned about how you felt as a dad. No. That, you know, you just weren't, it wasn't the way you wanted to bring up your boy. No. And, you know, you came to that point of saying, I'm, I'm praying. You know, in, in the midst of all this madness, that you, you're you one of the boys, you're hanging about all the boys in the corner, the woodwind boys, taking all the drugs, but yet you say, God, that, and, and not even having a, any background of faith, yeah. and yet you prayed a prayer on prayed, your knees. Prayed a simple prayer on my toilet floor, a cry from my heart, it was a cry from my heart to God. God help me. Help me get away from drink and drugs and help me love people. Mm-hmm. Because I was broken, I didn't have love in me, had no love, do you know? Didn't have love for anybody. Family, friends, anybody at all. Had loads of enemies lately today, didn't have love for them, do you know? Well, especially your family and your friends and you think. And that's what broke me. I realised, it was like a realisation I couldn't even love my own son, do you know? I couldn't even love my own son. And that, that was, I think, the point that God broke me into. And I, I was in my knees in my toilet flare for about, I would say, about half an hour there in tears. Uh, that was my simple prayer, but it was simply, God, help me get away from the drink and the drugs. Forgive me for what I've done wrong. And help me get away from the drink and the drugs and help me love people. And that was my prayer. And then I would say, Derek, no long after that, Jesus came to me. He came to us, whether it was a vision or a dream, I realised one thing. He was at my door. The door swung open. I seen him and his glory. The Son of Almighty God in his glory. And something changed my heart as soon as that had happened. He'd come into my heart, he'd taken away, I, I believe, he'd taken away evil out of me, do you know, and put, put love into my heart, because I would say, just after it happened, all, all I could think was, eh, I need to get to a church to find out more about him, do you know? Let's go back, you pray, forgive me for the things I've done wrong, you, you were aware of that, mm-hmm. you ask, help me to love people, mm-hmm. then the dream, you had a dream, tell, tell us about that first. The dream. Mm-hmm. Well, the dream was Jesus. Now, you've no faith, you've no background of faith, and no. this is a dream you have. Aye. The dream I had was Jesus at my door. The door was opened, he was at the gateway, and I was on my knees before him. And uh, just the power it was coming. Uh, and, and that's all I could say was. He is the Son of the Almighty God. That's all I said at the time. I realised who he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was humbling. It was really humbling, do you know. But I think it appeared to me. In a dream. In a dream. And you knew, you woke up, and what did you say? I need to, was it? I need to get myself to a church. church to find out more about Jesus. Wow. 
So it's like this Damascus Road experience that Paul had. Mm-hmm. He was just on a path of destruction, killing Christians, and Jesus appeared to him. Mm-hmm. In the light of the prayer, and, and it's so significant because anybody who knows you and knows how violent you were, knows how, you know, but the behind the violence was the, the, the damage that's so done to your identity, the mm-hmm. hurt, the, the, the dyslexia, the lack of understanding for those above you and over you who mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't cope, couldn't never the, the training and understanding to deal effectively with it. Right. So then you were left feeling like a reject. You were left feeling stupid, worthless. And that just that just translates into uh, recklessness, anger, uh, you know, wild living, mm-hmm. uh, violence. And then Jesus Jesus reveals himself to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I mean I'm I'm so amazed at the that was the right. that was the change of your heart that then you say, I'm I'm need to get to a church. Mm-hmm. So then we yeah. meet. Um, you know, we the, that was that was a turning point. We meet. You mm-hmm. ended up coming down to the group in the Woodwine. Meet yourself, Aki, Graham Spence, uh, Martin Offcott, mm-hmm. other boys for winning. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it was significant that all of us guys who were, you know, all quite messed up in, in one one way or the other mm-hmm. uh, had, uh, and then all sitting. And I'm eating, uh, open to what, what does God say? Who is He? And what, 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 how can He change my life? To, aye, to, yeah, open, open to God and uh, praying, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. you think you think to, it's it's total turn round about, isn't it? Mm. It's you just you you would never imagine. As, as I always think, Derek, there was a time when I stayed in Irvine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was walking up to Charles's house, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget what came through my mind. This was at seven o'clock in the morning, going up to pray with Charles. Mm-hmm. I thought, what would all we're all friends be thinking? <laughs> what would what would all my old friends be thinking? Thinking uh, if they seen me mm-hmm. going up to Charles Savage's house <laughs> at seven o'clock in the morning to pray with him? Yeah. <laughs> Eating nutters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I know. You know. I know. Aye, and it's just, it's totally uh, night and day, isn't it? Yeah. So I want to, want to, let's talk about the, the, the change, the, the turning point, the, the transformation that then results. Because, you know, the bottom line is, uh, th- this is the beauty in this, as, well, as we're talking about transformation. The beauty in, you know, the, the way your heart was shaped and formed. How you internalised the ideas of others. The sh- I'm stupid, I'm a reject, I'm worthless because of this. And the the process of unravelling that and reinterpreting your life is and is is really important to talk about. It's one of the ones you realise that what's happened to you in life, do you know, that's it, I think how the drugs and that come in, you want to cover it up, do you know? But you didn't know the wrong things to cover it up, do you know what I mean? You, you just want to forget about it, you don't want to know about it, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas you, you go to try and cover it up with drinking that and forget about things and when God's saying to you, come to me son and and get rid of it, yeah. do you know what I mean? And, and I, I'm, I've known you, I've can assess my own journey, you know, and, and, and see the mm. same kind of uh, things that have happened. What had to change was how you saw yourself, what you believed about yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem was, this identity, these these labels and judgments that we believed about ourselves that paralysed us, Aye. that that kept us back from st- confidently stepping out, mm-hmm. 
doing new, new things. Mm. We unquestionably accept all these ideas that were put on for others who yeah. couldn't do any better themselves because they, no. they didn't know any better. They just they, they, they gave us what they had, but then we're the ones that were left uh, uh, totally stunted and, and dysfunctional because of what was placed into us. Aye. So let's talk about the journey for you, how that then began to change, because I know it's just been a slow process, but you know what about the the changing of your name? How significant has that been? It's, it's amazing really, Derek, do you know, to think that God, the Son of God would appear to me, do you know, and no realising that how much he's going to change and change inside, especially your heart, and give you a new identity. Do you know what I mean? Because he gave me a new hair, he gave me a new identity. And I can love people now, do you know what I mean? I don't have hate for people. I think about what happened and through all the wrong things that's happened, you know, and being able to apologise to people. And I would say a big sorry to all my old friends and all my old enemies, do you know? Mm-hmm. A big sorry for my heart. Mm-hmm. I apologise for all the things I've done wrong in life, do you know, and sincerely. Mm-hmm. But I would say just going through the life with my own boy Derek and no bringing him up in the right way to start with. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Eh. But then coming into know God and and God really showing me how to to really love him, do you know what I mean? Mm. When to start with I didn't love him. Mm. I didn't have love for him. And to to treat him the right way, do you know, and mm. even as much as an older boy now, it's it's hard because he's going through things that I went through, the, the drugs and that and and sometimes they say things to you that it's not really them that's saying it, but it, it, it could hurt you again if you'd... It could have hurt me, Derek, if I didn't know God, you know, the things he said to me. But I thank I thank God that I've got love even in that place that I can pray from, you know, and no turn back and come, or the bombs of the day or whatever, or yeah. the bad words of the day, Derek, you know, and mm-hmm. date in the right way, you know, mm-hmm. as we should, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in love. Uh, I thank God for making kind of things, you know, because yep. either that would have been, it could have been a bit of hell, yep. do you know? Yeah, if you were remained the way you were, there's no doubt about it. Uh, so, you change your name to Isaac. Isaac. So you're no longer called Jordi, what else were you called? Bucky Rocky, God, uh, George. Jordi, <laughs> George, Rocky, <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> Gordon was my name, yep. but all the other ones weren't my names, Aye. but... I get called all the name, and I, I believe that's how God gave me a new name too. Because uh, I'll tell you the truth, Derek, it was just like walking through Irvine Town one day a few years ago, and I get called four different names in the space of ten seconds. And I, I stopped and I turned back and I thought, "Who's folk thinking it's walking by here? Who is he? Do you know? Is he Jordy? Is he George? Is he Gordon? Or is he Rocky?" Do you know? I wasn't I wasn't any name. Mm-hmm. I'm Isaac. Mm-hmm. Do you know I'm a new man? Mm-hmm. And that's if people can't see it, they must be bl- as much as they can't see the outer Derek because they're still the same, Aye. but inside. As they need to be blind not to see what God's changed exactly. in a man. And they I've need to be blind. I've saw the miracle. Now when I hear your story like this, 
I see how, you know, Saul was changed to Paul. Saul was killing Christians and uh, persecuting and chasing them to persecute them and and put them in prison. And uh, God changed his name. Jesus changed his name. Mm -hmm. Abraham was changed to Abraham. Abram changed to Jacob, changed to Israel. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so so this is a significant part of the journey that who you were, all the things that was associated with Jordi, mm-hmm. the I'm stupid, I'm worthless, I've got, I'm, I've got nothing going on because I can't mm-hmm. think right. And all that crap that stuck to Jordi, God doesn't go, let me get a couple of sticky plasters out mm-hmm. and I'll put a wee plaster on Jordi and let's just walk the way you are. Mm-hmm. No, he goes to the juggler, I'll just give you a new heart, mm-hmm. I'll give you a new name. And that new name, I've seen it in you. The strength developed all the years. That I mean, I know that it might seem a bit weird sometimes that you're going. My name's no Jordy. When everybody's known you as Jordy, but but then the bottom line is, I've seen how significant it was for you because your identity was so par- defined yeah. by this, and you were so <coughs> paralysed by it mm-hmm. that it was so important that that happened to you mm-hmm. because it's resulted in you saying, "That's not my name. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer associated with that." And it's mm-hmm. not that, I, that I'm resenting Jordi, I'm not that I'm no. resenting my, 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 my birth name, my Christian name, but I'm, I'm, res- I, I'm, res- I'm, I'm refusing to be ex- accepted or be associated with all those labels mm-hmm. that made me the way I was. Mm-hmm. The reason I was so violent and crazed and angry and, mm-hmm. and, and reckless was because of what I'd been, what the things that had been formed Aye. in my heart. I spoke, spoke every day, Derek, and, and make, make you have a hard part. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All the evil that, that comes to you, do you know what I mean? You don't realise that you're taking it in. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And that's, that's what I would say, I would say. And then it makes you become evil, do you know? And that's what it's like. It's, it's a vicious circle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, and I'm just uh, thinking as we're coming to the close here that the, the scene for the Matrix. Mm. What a beautiful, the ma- first Matrix film. Neo's just this normal average computer Joe, computer mm. programmer, an average Joe, whose identity was just, you know, that of that average Joe. Mm-hmm. He gets introduced to the Matrix and told, and given a new identity, told, your name's Neo, mm. the one. He's like, what? No, no, I'm just, I'm just Thomas, Tommy, wee Thomas, going down the road. But you notice in the film as the journey progresses and he starts to accept his new identity yeah. and he starts to develop in his new identity. He starts mm-hmm. believing it and, uh, you know, updating himself, with, with, you know, preparing himself. You know, you see at the end of the movie, he starts to realise who he is. Mm-hmm. And he's no longer overpowered constantly by the enemy sh- whispering in his ear, yeah. goodbye, Mr. <coughs> Anderson. He goes, my name's no Mr. Anderson, it's Neil. Mm-hmm. And he rises up because he's got a new identity. Mm-hmm. And you see him smashing the enemy who'd been overcoming him and overpowering him at every turn. You see it, he, he's taking him through every one of the house they were in. His behaviour was transformed and he began to overcome what had overcome him in his past as he accepted his new identity. So, just to finish, you know that this is God's work. Mm-hmm. His amazing grace, <coughs> his amazing uh, you know, work in our lives is to take us out of slavery, to give us a new heart, to give us a new identity, so that we can live a life on earth as he intended. Mm-hmm. So, Isaac, just uh, closing prayer, 
just you know, think of think of where you were, think of the guys that were running about you, think of the guys that knew you, and and pray pray for those that are needing to take the courage that you took, mm. the step that you took. They, they would have the same Damascus Road experience. experience you did. I pray for every single person that I know, all my all friends and all my old enemies. Do you know that they all they come to that place of just realizing realising there is a God and that he sent his son Jesus Christ who came to me and changed my heart that he loves us that much that he died on a cross for us all our sins all the all the bad things we've done and he's not there to condemn you he's there to forgive you I pray that Everybody, not just everybody I know, I pray just for everybody in this world at this time, will come to know what Jesus has done, what Jesus done on the cross at Calvary 2,000 years ago, that he died for mankind to change their hearts like he changed my heart. Into a, into a man who can love, no into a man he can hate, into a man he can forgive, and into a man he can forget things, even the things that people are saying to him this day, whether it be evil or good, that they'll find that mercy in God, because blessed are the merciful, they will obtain mercy. And I think, People have no get mercy this day, they're coming to judgment, do you know, and we, we need to forgive each other. As I think about what's happened in America at this time, I just pray that people will get to their knees as I say that simple prayer in my toilet. God forgive me for the things I've done wrong. Help me. Help me. Be the man that you've created me to be. Forgive me for all the things I've done wrong and help me be the man that you've created me to be. I pray that everybody will say that simple prayer for their heart and they'll come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour because time is short. Amen. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighter.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighter.life. Until next time, God bless you.